Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Mujahat Ali, doing my part to replace as many people as possible as the father of three brown children. <laughs> Folks, let's just let's just get in. Um, I, too, am trying to replace as many people as possible, but not with babies, with plants. Um, you know, I just want white people to feel threatened, essentially. Uh, Mujahat, let me tell you something. There has not been a time in the last couple of months since we have been uh, doing democracy-ish together, that we have come on air and had more back-to-back traumatic events for us to have to unpack mm. since January 2022. And this week is absolutely no different. Um, we have learned yet again, at least I have learned on my checklist list of places as a Black person I can't go, which is my own home, to the corner store, to the grocery store, to a fast food restaurant, to play church. on a playground, to a church, to, um, you know, I, I just run driving in a car, sitting in a car. Um, I run through Jogging the list. Jogging your neighborhood, of, renting a room, renting an Airbnb room. I mean, if you are, and I listened to and had interviewed uh, Dr. Basil Smichael uh, on my other show, Woke AF, and he said, Black people are being hunted. There is no other way to feel at this moment in time. And he said, as a Black man living inside of this Black body, I have never felt more unsafe in my entire life. And I said, wow. And so while the attack, the massacre, the terrorist attack that happened in Buffalo uh, over the weekend at a grocery store, at the Topps grocery store in Buffalo, New York, um, was targeting Black people. You and I both know, Waj, that Black folks are not the only targets. We're usually the first target, but we're yeah, not the only one. You guys are historically always at the top, but once in a while, for a brief period, you get replaced briefly. Uh, you know, Japanese replaced you briefly in World War II and briefly get replaced by Mexicans and briefly get replaced by Muslims. But usually black folks are always at the top of the target list. Yes. How did you let's just, you know, start with how you felt when the news broke 
on Saturday that this massacre took place. I mean, my God. And streamed and live streamed. So I want to talk about how social media and a public audience was brought into a massacre of black people. And, and, and reports from today say that he shared the plans, the shooter shared the plans on dispatch, uh, Discord, excuse me, uh, with an online community and, and pretty much informed them that this was uh, his plan and none of them alerted the authorities. Um, and so this, you know, my, my response was, and I hate being so smug about this, is as soon as I heard that there was a manifesto or a screed, I connected the dots. I've been unfortunately studying this for 12 years. I've been trying to sound the alarms. I've been the brown Cassandra. What I have said on this show and I've said before is that love has gone intersectional and so has hate. And when I saw this happening, specifically the replacement theory, and I just want to connect the dots real quick for those who don't Mm -hmm. know. The replacement theory is a white supremacist conspiracy theory. When we say that, I literally mean it has come from the swamps of neo-Nazis, the KKK, and white supremacists. And the latest iteration of it, because this is nothing new, ladies and gentlemen, and, and, and as the show progresses, I'm going to make a case for how this is part and parcel of America. This is nothing new. This is the latest remake. This goes back to the, the to the French, right, that this French scholar who actually coined it, a white nationalist scholar, uh, and the French novel, The Camp of the Saints, that was released in the 70s, which warns about a brown invasion overtaking Europe. Camp of the Saints, which is a book that was released in 1973, again, a fictional novel, is the book of choice for Stephen Bannon and Stephen Miller. Specifically, they tell everyone to read this book. And this book is now the preferred book of white nationalists, which warns of black and brown folks that are deliberately being used by a cabal of Jews to weaken and replace the Western civilization, which is doing a lot of heavy lifting for white folks. Now, it's very important to see how this intersects not just with anti-black racism, anti-immigrant racism, Islamophobia, but also anti-Semitism. They think that black and brown folks are savages. We're beasts. We're too stupid to actually concoct a plan to overtake and weaken white people. This is very important. It is impossible that this black and brown beast can come up with such a sophisticated plan to weaken us. Aha! It's the Jews. The Jews are the nerve center. They're the leaders the George Soros, the globalists, aha, it's the Jews who are using these savage beasts, the blacks and the browns and the Muslims, to overpopulate us, weaken us, and replace us. As such, the white man is under threat. We are the real victims, and we have to use violence to save our people, to save our civilization, and to warn those who are in slumber that they're coming after us. And so this White supremacist conspiracy theory was used several years ago in Christchurch, New Zealand. The killer killed 50 plus Muslims. A few months later, a killer was inspired by that killer and said, aha, the invaders aren't Muslims, they're Hispanics. And he shot and killed nearly two dozen people in El Paso. El Paso. Mm -hmm. A few years later now, you're seeing in Buffalo where the Buffalo shooter, and I read the manifesto because I'm a masochist, was inspired directly by the Christchurch killer. And for him, the invaders weren't Jews or Muslims or Hispanics. They were black folks. If you are paying attention, ladies and gentlemen, they're coming after all of us. So we each have skin in this game. If you think your privilege and your power and even your whiteness, I'll end on this point. If you think your whiteness will protect you, you're not a student of U.S. history, you're not paying attention. 
Kyle Rittenhouse killed two white folks. They hunted and chased Mike Pence, the whitest man on earth, because he wouldn't uh, submit to the coup plan, right? They have killed white folks for being race traitors, for being end lovers in this country. So if you think white folks, if you're listening, you're like, eh, who cares? Just blacks and the Jews and the Muslims and the Mexicans. Nope. They're coming after you. And the scariest part, Danielle, is this white supremacist conspiracy theory is now a mainstream talking point of the GOP. And I say that without any hyperbole. And, you know, so the thing here that folks have to understand as well is how the media frames these conversations that they have every single time that there is a massacre, as there is a terrorist attack on a community of color or on the Jewish community, um, is these ideas have been percolating inside Mm -hmm. of the Republican Party for decades. And that what we have done and what the media has allowed them to do is to be able to talk about this population of people as if they are on the fringe. That's oh, right. no, this is the fringe. These are the radicals. This is blah, blah, blah. Because they Outliers. wanted to be able to create distance and room between what it was, right, that they saw that was happening that was so disgusting, so vile, but they wanted to have an arm's length, Right. Well, I did not read the manifesto because unlike you, I am not a masochist. I read the highlights, which makes me, I guess, a semi-masochist. And in the highlights, it read, as I wrote for the outlet you and I both write for the Daily Beast and a piece about birth rates and the Buffalo shooter, that everything that he said with regard to low white birth rates, with regard to the replacement theory, reads like a segment or the entirety of Tucker Carlson's show. I have said on Twitter, I've said it on TikTok, I say it wherever and whenever I am on MSNBC. Tucker Carlson is a national security threat. Fox News is a national security threat. And if either of those entities were helmed by people of color, if if Tucker Carlson were, uh, were a Muslim, if Fox News was Al Jazeera, they would have been shut down. Tucker Carlson would be under investigation, if not in jail, and being held, right, as a terrorist. If he embodied any other skin and any other religion, this man would not have a goddamn show. And so the fact, the fact that Fox News and Tucker Carlson are able to exist and continue along as if they are part of normal political discourse is why you were having the Kyle Rittenhouses, the Peyton Gendrons, the Dylan Roofs of the world pick up their arms and say, well, this is how I become a man today because I'm protecting whiteness. I'm protecting white people, white property. This is what I'm doing because the thing that I don't understand, and maybe you can tell me, you're a lawyer, what is the difference that you see between Kyle Rittenhouse driving across multiple states with an armed with an AR-15 shooting two shooting and killing two protesters in Wisconsin, wounding a third, getting off, right? Getting off for him decide like him actively committing acts of terror and Peyton in Buffalo. Did the same exact thing. He didn't leave behind a manifesto. 
<laughs> oh, so, oh, that's the, the difference. Oh, okay. Yeah, and and he and he wept and he cried and he, and he's a quote unquote kid. Um, even though if there's a black man who's a, a black kid the same age, he's not called the teenager or kid. He's called the man. Look, these all all these individuals emerge from the same ideological infrastructure, Danielle. That's what people need to realize. the The length between 4chan and 8chan and Fox News is like a hop. And if you think we're being um, you know, hyperbolic and you think, oh, Danielle and Wad's always whining and complaining. The New York Times did an exhaustive, exhaustive review of every single show of Tucker Carlson, just came out recently, and they concluded it might be one of the most racist shows in history that literally repeats the talking points of white nationalists. It promotes the replacement theory. It's anti-immigrant. It's nativist. It's xenophobic. In fact, don't take our words for it, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to white nationalists. Openly, they've said, like Andrew Anglin, who, who is the head of Daily Stormer, one of the most racist white nationalist website says tucker carlson is our guy we don't need a tv show because tucker carlson is our show he repeats all our talking points so you got white nationalists literally celebrating tucker carlson and championing him and telling mainstream media we don't need a tv show we got tucker he's literally our guy saying everything we need right and so you don't need 4chan and 8chan anymore you don't need the swamps of the internet when you have fox when you have right-wing po- politicians like Elise Stefanik, the third highest ranking Republican who took out ads, replacement theory ads last year, even though she knew the replacement theory was a white conspiracy, white supremacist conspiracy that had radicalized individuals, even though they knew this was responsible for radicalizing violent individuals who killed our communities, they're like, nope, it helps me get votes. And so when it comes to this ideological infrastructure, and when you use the word terrorism, right, some people might say, oh, how dare you use the word terrorism? There is an example of something called stochastic terrorism, which is the use of mass public communication against a particular individual or group that inspires or incites acts of terrorism, which are statistically probable and happen seemingly at random. So this is the use of public mass communication, right-wing information, podcast the the online infrastructure, the newspapers, Tucker Carlson show, Fox, that incites and inspires acts of terrorism because they are repeating the conspiracy theory of white supremacists that we, the blacks and browns, are deliberately trying to replace them and weaken them. So then tell me through this. Through demographics. Let, let's, let's, through immigration. Let, let's, let's uh, tell me this. Riddle me, riddle me why the FCC has not been directed to... Take down Fox. If you're telling Mm. me that there is a special type of terrorism that they are the masterminds and the architects of, and there is correlation, obvious correlation between the things that are said on Fox News and the things that are happening in our streets, right? Why is it that this administration, Democrats in general, are not going after the fucking source of the terrorism? Right. Because, yes, the KKK, the Proud Boys, all of these plays, QAnon theories, blah, blah, they have all existed. But they have been able to collectively come together and find this fertile ground of a network Mm. that is in every hotel, in every airport. Right. You can get Fox in places that you can't get CNN and MSNBC. I want to be very clear about that. So how is it that you have this network that we all know is doing vile things, but we're not seeing this administration or frankly, the Obama administration 
didn't go out. They think they make Fox News into a joke as if it's not dangerous. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's not even new. I don't call it Fox News. I just call it Fox. And Fox themselves don't consider themselves journalists. Uh, what's that guy's name? Sean Hannity doesn't consider himself a journalist. Tucker Carlson considers himself, his employers consider himself, what, entertainment. Oh, we don't really take him seriously. And his audience doesn't take him seriously. And this is how they Trojan horse it. What, what Tucker does, and, and it works, is I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. Don't I have the First Amendment right to just ask questions? So just by, quote, unquote, asking questions, you're able to launder white supremacy and then introduce it as a mainstream talking point. The second thing they do is we're just kidding. We're just joking. This is just entertainment. Don't take us literally or seriously. Another way you Trojan horse white supremacist content and mainstream it. And now, Danielle, because like you said, that we don't take it seriously, we don't attack it, we don't shut it down, we we normalize it, mm-hmm. we both sides it, mm-hmm. we mainstream it, we tolerate it. 50% of Republicans believe a white supremacist conspiracy theory, the replacement theory that has radicalized individuals to commit violence. A third of Americans, ladies and gentlemen, believe this white supremacist conspiracy theory. And then, as you and I have been saying, QAnon, which was once on the fringe, ladies and gentlemen, is now a mainstream talking point. They introduced it again through the confirmation hearing of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, and now it becomes a mainstream talking point where apparently just just last week, Elise Stefanik, I mean, gosh, there's so many examples that I forget. She called Democrats, quote, unquote, pedogrifters. That is a QAnon talking point. QAnon has radicalized individuals like Ashley Babbitt and others to commit violence. So what's the end game here, right? When I when we're complaining about this, it's not the usual both sides. Oh, look how extreme they are. Oh, they're racist. Oh, it's white supremacist. Oh, this is toxic. It's that this ideology and these talking points will lead to violence against our communities. It will lead to violence. The FBI 
there's a reason why the FBI said the QAnon is a national domestic terror threat that will radicalize individuals and groups before the 2020 election. And voila, I give you the January 6th violent insurrection. And now that's a talking point by Republican leaders. And so really, at the end of the day, to really get to the heart of it, why don't, why don't they give a shit? Is because it's white folks. It deals with white folks and Republicans. You talked about the Obama administration. We've mentioned this on the show before. 2009, there was a DHS Department of Homeland Security agent, Daryl Johnson, white guy, who did this massive report talking about the radicalization uh-huh. of the right wing. He talked about all this. Yeah. And, and, and the report got snuffed. That report that came out in 2009 mm-hmm. got they iced. It. They shelved it because the Republicans at that time said this makes us look bad. This is attacking our base. And so the Democrats realized they needed bipartisanship to pass Obamacare. They helped shelve it as well. Daryl Johnson got so pissed off. He, he left the DHS, quit. Went to Wired, talked about it, was kind of a whistleblower, said, dude, I came up with all this data. I, I, I'm like Paul Revere, I, you know, I rang the alarm. It got killed. He wrote a book about it called Hateland. And fast forward now, the number one domestic terror threat is white supremacist terrorism. Which he and this told is where us it's 12 good to have years a ago. <laughs> 12 years ago. And this is where it's good to have a Muslim on the podcast. I'm Muslim and I remember the last 20 years in the war on terror. If these dudes were Muslim and we knew the ideology, you know what they do to Muslim terrorists? They go back to the mosque. They surveil the mosque. They freaking question the imam. They question the books that he reads. They go to the charities. They ice the charities. There's a chilling effect. There's freaking congressional hearings. But because it's a white dude, it becomes a lone wolf. And there's no lone wolf. This is an international terror threat. This is an international global terror network. This guy was inspired by the same conspiracy that inspired a Christchurch killer in New Zealand. And guess, but re- well, remember what they did after? It ain't even domestic. Remember what they did after the Christ uh, Christchurch killing in New Zealand? They banned assault weapons. <laughs> it took one one act of terror and a mass killing, and the prime minister said, "So we're done." And banned nope. assault weapons. We Jacinda's like nope. Instead, in America, our logic would be, oh, stop going to the grocery store. Just order Amazon Prime. Like our, do you know what I'm saying? Like we we expect yeah. you, we expect people to just adapt to violence. This is we expect you to die. We expect you to die and and or adapt to violence. I watched as a CNN reporter broke down. Black reporter broke down in tears a couple of days ago because he said, Victor, Victor, he said, Victor Black, right? He said, Victor Blackwell, Victor Blackwell. Victor Blackwell. Is this how we are supposed to live? Is this how we are expected to live? Like all of us in America, just under threat and fear because our country is being held hostage. Like, is this how we're expected to exist? And I said, not enough Americans across communities ask that same goddamn question and I, we didn't do yes. and i'm like this is exactly how we're expected to live and when republicans are able to up the ante when they take back congress in midterms you think that this level of threat is uncomfortable for you just wait just wait just and wait. see what they just are going wait. to do 
Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities. Healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country. Immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun. And candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You know, you know, I've said this before, and I said I tweeted this this week because so many of our colleagues in media and, and so many individuals in institutions who know better have given this a pass because they're deluded into thinking that their whiteness, their privilege, their power will protect them from the violent consequences of fascism. And they're paving the road to fascism through their quote-unquote civility politics, right? And so many, and people always ask me like, watch, how come so many of your colleagues both sides it? And I say, because this violence doesn't affect them yet. It didn't affect their families. It didn't affect their communities. Trumpism didn't affect them. It didn't make them uncomfortable. It didn't make them unsafe. They didn't have to have the conversations with their kids or their family members about how to feel safe in this country. And honestly, they just don't give a shit. They just don't give a shit. But it will come after them because if you are a student of history, fascism comes after everyone. And if you don't believe me, look at Disney. Disney thought they could pay off both sides. <laughs> We're a corporation. We're in Florida. We employ so many people. We're in bed with Republicans. They'll never come after us. And DeSantis is like, all right, Disney, I'm going to make an example out of you. I don't give a shit that you were the biggest employer in Florida. I don't give a shit that you've given us so much money. I'm going to make an example out of you to make sure that all the other corporations get in line. You better get in line because once we get in power and you front, we're going to slap you down. This is a warning. This is a warning. And I, I think I feel like, you know, our show with our audience, I know a lot of people get it, but if there's some people who are listening who again, think that this replacement theory isn't coming after them. You are not a student of U.S. history. They went and killed black folks who were allies with, uh, excuse me, they went and killed white folks who were allies with black folks because they said, you are a race traitor. There's a viral video that's going on right now. Speaking about allies, there's a white Uber driver. He had the camera on. You guys should go check this out. He picked up a couple from Pennsylvania. There are these two owners of a bar. The lady comes in and she goes, oh, thank God, you're white. You're, you're, you I, you don't have an accent. You're an average American. And the, the white dude says, get out of my car. And her husband's, he goes, what? Why are you kicking us out? He goes, no, that's uncalled for. That's ridiculous. Who cares if I'm white? This, no, get out of my car. He goes, how dare you? And just like that, he says, you end lover. And then he goes, this is, this is recorded on camera piece. And now that, that bar <laughs> has to like shut down because he released the video and, and, the, and, the, and the guy who's the driver who's a white guy is like now seen as a hero. You guys go check out this video. I'm not making this up. That's the type of allies that we need. We need people to confront this racism, shut it down. There's only so much that me and Danielle can do. There's only so much that black and brown and Asian folks can do. Honestly, if they look at the data, white people, when they speak to other white folks about racism, 
that's the most effective message in Messenger. Yeah, because why? Like, cause, what, like what else a can we do, Daniel? Because it's, it's quite literally like it's you know when uh, I, I think there was some type of. Um, scientific study that was done about the fact that like men can't hear certain pitches that women have like in their voices. I feel that way about black and brown people towards white people. It's like, I feel like we're talking and all they hear is like, more, 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 more. like nothing. Charlie Brown. Yeah, it's a Charlie, Charlie Brown. Brown. It's like <laughs> we don't translate. So, I mean, to that point though, this is what scares me, Wash. What scares me is this, that, one, we are coming to a place where we recognize if you are white, that your skin color isn't going to save you. Your wealth may not even save you because we're mm -hmm. moving to a place where we may not have freedom of movement. Right. If you are a person with a uterus, um, you're not mm. going to have freedom of movement. If you think that you're we're not going to get to a place where it's going to be like, why are you leaving state? Why are you traveling from Texas to New York? Is it for vacation and what kind of vacation? And do are you pregnant and all of, like these are things that people are not thinking about. But what scares me is what happens to the white folks who may are not rabid racists, who I want to say are the fence sitters but then see, say to themselves, well, it's too dangerous for me to stick up for those people, to stick up for people that I don't really know and don't really care about, like that Uber driver. It'll be a lot easier for me to just, you know, go with the flow. This is how Nazism spread in Germany, right? It was just going to be safer, right? As a way to divert uh, violence and threats and economic insecurity from you, you'll just throw up that Hitler sign and keep it moving so that you people know where your allegiance are. I mean, right before you said that, you know, when you were asking that, what I was about to blurt out, they're going to start goose-stepping. They're going to start goose-stepping. I mean, that's, if history has shown us anything, is that fascism just doesn't come overnight. Like, it's not like one day fascism knocks on the door and says, hey, I'm here, I'm going to take over the party. It happens slowly and gradually. And if you look at the data, and it pains me to say this, and I want to be proven wrong. I believe the majority of white folks in this country will betray us. And by a majority, I mean a small majority. I'm thinking 55%, 54%. I'm trying to win over 45%, Daniel. I just want to win over 45% of whites as allies. If we can get 45% of whites and a majority of black and brown and Asian folks who don't get peeled off by disinformation and the culture wars, we have a multicultural coalition of the willing. We have the numbers. I do not think we're going to get the majority of the whites. I've given up on that years ago because year after year after year, if you're looking at the data, majority of white women went for Trump in 2016. More white women went for Trump in 2020. Majority of white women went for Youngkin. Majority of whites have gone for Republicans for years, right? Like even, even Joe Biden, the whitest man on earth that Democrats chose, still couldn't get the majority of whites. And so if you look at the numbers, and, and if I'm being a realist here, prove to show me show me show me that i'm wrong show me that we can win over a majority of whites show me I, i'm willing to i'm willing to be entertained i'm willing to change my opinion i don't think we're going to get it i just want to win over 45 percent. and so if you're listening and you're of the 45 percent of the whites be our ally because fascism ain't going to be good for democracy it ain't going to be good for you it ain't going to be good for your families i just trust me right now they're coming after black folks and jews and muslims and undocumented immigrants and mexicans but they're gonna come after you unless you get in line and then you start goose-stepping. So can we win over at least 45%? Inshallah, I, I just, hope. I don't know. You know, 
you know, the 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 last thing that I'll say as as we wrap this episode today is I have never felt more scared about the future of this country than I have right now. And that goes back to 2016 on election night when I said that this election of Donald Trump is going to be white supremacy's last stand. Mm. When I said that, I honestly really did believe I knew that white supremacy would come out and fight. And I knew that they would fight to what? Take their country back. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that there would be a white supremacist resurgence. And that mm. is the thing that I did not anticipate. And that is the thing that that FBI report 12 years ago told this was happening, that if we actually had listened, would have prepared, right, would have been doing the types of uh, reconnaissance and work um, and uh, to to pull these people out to arrest them, to break up these groups, to surveil them the way that every Mm -hmm. other community is surveilled for their perceived danger when this is actual danger and they're not Mm -hmm. even surveilled. They're just criming in in broad daylight, killing in broad daylight (laughs) and not a goddamn thing happens. So it's televised. I mean, a televised, 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 live streamed. And so my feeling is that you're right, that, you know, I am not, I'm not trying to win over white people. I'm not trying to win over the majority because I'm not the Democratic establishment trying to dance with somebody that ain't trying to fuck with me. Right. Like I am with the I want to engage and enrage the people that I believe that are like that Uber driver who are disgusted by what they are seeing Mm -hmm. and don't want to be associated with that level and that version of whiteness. And so for those folks that are like, what can I do? What can I do? Speak out. It is not enough to just say that you are an ally and to not do any of the work. So that means to join grassroots community organizations. That means to give money to people that are doing the work. That means to speak out against your family, your friends, your colleagues, when they think that they are in comfortable space because everybody's got the same lack of melanin, right? For you to speak up when we are not in the room and you are. You know, and, 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 oh, I, I, there was a Lyft driver. I just want to say that it wasn't an Uber driver. It was a Lyft driver. For those of you, uh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. You get, I, I'm trying to find it on uh, YouTube and I found the clip. It's a Lyft driver who did it. Um, yeah, I agree. You know, look, I, I hate saying this, Danielle, but I called this and I said, it's the death rattle of white supremacy that will turn into a death march. And I remember in 2016, I was trying to warn people that even if Clinton won, Trumpism ain't going away. And I thought that, you know, there'd be enough people who would be able to moderate it. It wouldn't metastasize into the cancer that it is so quickly. But that's where I was wrong with. I thought it'd be take a little bit mm-hmm. more time. But look, we got I'll end with this, that we got Doug Mastriano, this this guy in freaking Pennsylvania, who uh, is the gubernatorial candidate for the Republicans. And this guy is a white Christian nationalist. He is a literal insurrectionist who was there on January 6th. He's promoted the big lie. And this guy, if he becomes governor of Pennsylvania, has openly said that he's going to literally partake in the coup. And he's perfectly fine with a battleground state, Pennsylvania, literally 2024 might come down to Pennsylvania. If this dude wins, he's going to install a Republican puppet who's going to over potentially overrule the will of the public and implement a coup. Then you get minority rule. Once you get minority rule and you have the Republican Party and the government purged of anyone who's, you know, moderate, 
and replaced with goose steppers, well, what happens when you step back and you fight back? They will unleash the power of the state to crack our skulls. And people just aren't, they're like, that'll never happen in America. And I'm like, why not? This has happened before in the past. It's happening right now. Why can't it happen in America? So our job here is to do our best to warn, to keep you all sane, to keep it real. Um, and if anyone's listening, like Danielle said, we need allies. Now's the time. You can't be neutral on this anymore, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot be neutral. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Danielle Moody. And I'm Mujahat Ali, the father of three brown kids who is doing his part to replace you. We'll be back next week until somebody locks us up. Inshallah. 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 No one will lock us up. Inshallah, we'll be back. Inshallah.